This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery. Bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome once again to the 1912 Exiles podcast, the podcast made by Newport County fans for Newport County fans. Uh, we're recording this evening, a Monday evening, 24 hours after a whirlwind day um, in South Wales. Uh, I'm Jamie and this evening uh, with me I've got Ian Street. Ian, how you doing? I'm very well. I'm slightly weary to be honest with you, but I'm all right. Yeah, doing well. Join the club, yeah. I, I think I know why as well. Um, and Ed, the good doctor, Ed Bridges, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah, you didn't have quite as long journey home yesterday as we did. So, uh... right. Um, before we kick off, because we've got a lot to get through this evening, um, we just wanted to do a little plug and a little thanks to um, all of our Kofi um, contributors, people who have donated pop money into our sort of, uh, you know, our Kofi account to sort of help with the hosting. Um, we are you know, really, really grateful for all of your, your support. Um, but yeah, so recent contributors, we've got Mark, Tony, Gav, plus also uh, apparently Carol, who thrust a fiver at Ed during the AGM last week. Extra special thanks uh, also have to go to our Kofa regulars who subscribe a certain amount each month and every month for us to keep the lights on. Uh, so that's Mark Williams, Daniel Hirini, Hamid Baladabadi, Martin Kings, and the Rose Z Exiles WhatsApp group. Can I just say, Jamie, because I forgot uh, that we gave the Kofi a little plug in the last episode. And when I went back to check it whilst doing a little bit of admin um, during the week, it felt like that scene at, its, at the end of It's a Wonderful Life, where George returns home and uh, his house is full of all the people he's helped and they've all put money in to keep the building and loan society afloat. So it was, yeah, it, it reminded me of that. And anyway, that um, generosity from everyone really touched us. So, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, we do really appreciate it. Right. Um, a few things have happened since our last podcast. Um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll just quickly run through that and then we'll get to the interesting stuff. Um, yeah, we beat, we beat Wrexham um, in a game that saw our biggest attendance of the season so far. And in fact, I, I went back and checked this, our biggest home league crowd in 41 years, which is incredible. Um, Hugh Jenkins completed his takeover of the club. 
Uh, we signed a striker. The trust held its AGM. Um, oh, yeah. And we played one of the biggest clubs in the world at home in the fourth round of the FA Cup uh, following uh, a last minute mad dash for tickets. So it's been quite a fortnight. Now, we're going to start off with um, that game against Manchester United um, on uh, Sunday, just gone. Um, now, one of the highlights yesterday was the podcast crew, all five of us, being at the same game for the first time ever, we think. Um, and in particular, sharing a few pints in the Moringa. Um, So our resident diarist, Ian Street, diligently recorded it all, only to then accidentally delete all the clips with the pub talk. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but he did keep his introductory clip and a few of the mid-match clips together. So although it's incomplete, it wouldn't be proper pod episode without hearing from our man on the Northern Beat, Ian Street. Over to you, Ian. So, welcome to the north. Although, obviously, um, heading south today, back to the city of my birth for the big one. It's very early in the morning, and I'm at Lee's train station. Never seen it so quiet in my life, waiting for the first train out to get me on my way, praying to the train gods uh, to get me back for the big match today. Um, plenty of time, so hopefully, hopefully it all will go well. Um, bit like the shout for the Avengers Assemble. This could be the pods all being in the same place at the same time. Whether we can actually have the organisation ability to actually get in the same pub or whatever, that's another question altogether. But I'm, I'm looking forward to trying to catch up with a few of the pod in person. And uh, I'm sure we'll bump into the waves and strays along the way. So uh, the pod could end up being a cast of thousands by the end of the day. So, um, But that'll be good. Um, yeah, it's excited today, isn't it? You know, we've 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 um, a couple of weeks ago saw us win at Donny, and you know that that really felt to me that you know, it's probably you know we can put the relegation stuff behind us. So this really feels like you know it is that sort of free hit thing, isn't it? We've got nothing to lose. We could have a right good rattle at them. Um, hopefully, we don't embarrass ourselves and lose by eight or anything like that. But as we saw yesterday, Maidstone, you know, if you if you hang on in there, run for your lives, tackle everything that moves. You have the you have some luck on your side. You keep the players a blinder, and you take the one chance that falls your way. Anything can happen, so that's what we want today. Apparently, I've been reading that Rashford's been out on the razzle somewhere, so he might not be playing. Clearly, clearly, he was worried about coming to the port. Um, not sure that you know. Presumably, United have been off doing warm weather training again. I'm not sure that's the perfect preparation for a cold evening in South Wales, but we shall see, won't we? Um, Obviously, they're pretty tidy up front, aren't they, United? And, and But I think it's, it's their midfield, I think, that is where they're potentially weak. Can we really get about them in midfield, rattle them? I can't see Bruno Fernandes fancying this much today, can you? Um, we'll see, we'll see. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to um, let the train take the strain, um, look at the second mortgage I've had to take out to buy this ticket, and, um, and contemplate, contemplate life as a trundle down. Jamie was saying that am I going to spend the first 45 minutes of this pod wittering on about trains I could easily do that I could easily do that but I'm not going to do that I'm going to cross my fingers hope they all run run to time and uh, we'll catch up back down in the port and see if we can find out what a day it's going to be good day to be alive Well, the first big news, the first big news. It doesn't look like United are playing in red. Good enough for Wrexham, but look, it looks like United are playing in some sort of white outfit. 
just what we didn't want. Settled quite well, but cuts apart there, United, and, and Fernandez has stuck one in. So a one down, all to play for. Did it against Leeds. Come on. All too easy. Extra pace. Time and skill that United have got on the break. You know, cuts to ribbons again. 2-0. Back in it! Out of nothing! Free kick taken. Headed out by United. Came to Maka. He's hit it on the half volley. It's taken a deflection and gone in. 2-1. Come on. So, it's 2-1. Half time. Staggeringly, we're still in that game for a while. It looked like they had more men on the pitch. There was a lot of space. They were playing through our midfield at fun. Quite interesting watching a team who can actually play out from the back. <laughs> um, you know, and actually pass the ball to each other. But, you know, we're back in it. I was frustrated by the free kick at the end that we took there. We should have got that right between the keeper and the back four. Was what I was thinking. But anyway, Ed, what have you made of it? Oh, I mean, look, well, look, 2-0 down after whatever it was, 12 minutes. That wasn't the plan, was it? But... We're still in it. it Bryn Morris only scores bangers. Wicked deflection, but they all count. We're going to come out and have a go at them first 10, 15 minutes. Probably if Man United survive that, they're going to go on and win it comfortably. But if they don't, who knows? And um, Ewan, the, the boy of uh, David Atidion, made a very, very good point. What was your point that you were just saying? You said every time we played a Premier League side... every time. Newport scored every time we played a Premier League side. So that's not a bad record as well. So, I mean, who knows? Look, it's, it's, all, it's all up and running. It's all going. I, I, I've just called it now. Zanzala is going to come on, having not pick, kicked a ball. Really? Having not kicked a ball is in anger. Is he on anger. the bench? He's on the bench, having not kicked a ball in anger all season. He's going he's gonna to suddenly pop up and get something. So, um, yeah. Unbelievably, I, I called our golf. I thought Macker did it and it was Bryn Morris, wasn't it? Yeah, so yeah. I've, I've already called it wrong already. Oh. But, but me and Jack have both gone 2 2, haven't we, Jack? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's still a chance, yeah. And, and on, the, on the basis of the end of the first half, completely and utterly possible. Uh, which I'm eating my hungover words of a 4-0 drub in <laughs> which I felt confident of after about five minutes I've got to say yeah. uh, but isn't it nice with all the eyes on us you know every every well, we're in front of the media bench it's absolutely feverous here just the typing and, and, and the pace of coverage that we've got isn't it nice we're, we're well side and we've got the Welshish name scoring the Welshish goal yeah. today Brindley Morris you're right yeah. So, uh, yeah, I know I'm, I'm happy with uh, proper Welsh representation for proper Welsh football in the English Pyramid in the best cup competition in the, well, in the world, isn't it? So, I don't know. I'm, I'm still in the sort of mode of happy to be here, Ian. Yeah, totally um, with you. <laughs> but one, that, th- one thing I will say, you know, that, look, there's, when you look at the quality, there is four leagues worth of quality between them. Yeah. The touch of the Man United players, it's that thing you realise so often we win a header or we get a, a, a foot in at a 50-50 and we're playing it into a general area Man United they're playing it to a player in a way they can easily control it and that's that's the difference it's just that little extra bit of quality but isn't it nice to be able to watch it on this pitch at Rodney Parade yeah brilliant absolutely brilliant 2-2 start a second half would you believe it Scouse Lewis has gone down the left. He's pinged it in. I should have put a tenner on it. It probably would have got me a grand. Well, 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 well. Game on! 
excitement there of uh, Adam Lewis getting the ball in. I just couldn't work out a score, but the milkman has delivered. Will Evans again, incredible. Uh, balls hit the post from uh, Luke Shaw, I think. Has come back and Anthony's tapped it into the empty net. Really frustrating. Still, 3 2, still a chance. Can we get into it again? Right at the end, an injury time. United got a fourth, unfortunately. Excellent effort, though. You can't argue. We've got two against them. We've pulled it back to 2 2. We're going to lose the game, but you can't fault us for effort in that game. And we created some good chances and put them under some pressure at times. So, you know, really excellent performance. Um, right, Swindon next week. Let's sort them out, climb up the table. Oh, hearing Ian's clips kind of brings it all back. What a what a day that was. I mean, the the limbs, as I believe the young people call it, for our second goal were fantastic. You know, there were people in the back of the hazels all grabbing each other and jumping around. And, you know, my, my eldest and his mate were, were jumping about and I was grabbing Jack and some bloke next to him. You know, it was just that, that pandemonium of when a really important goal goes in and everyone's bouncing. That was uh, a wonderful moment. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, I did really enjoy seeing all the blokes on the scaffolding uh, on Rodney Road uh, watching the game. I thought that was that's exactly what the FA Cup should be about. That was lovely, um, and it was it was lovely to see all of you good folk in the pub beforehand. Um, the thing that probably will really stick with me though is just the way that the the city centre in Newport came alive yesterday. I saw. Uh, owner of the Dragons, David Buttress, um, tweeting about this. You know, games like that, what they can do for a city in terms of putting money in the coffers of, you know, particularly hospitality businesses that really need it at this time of year. You know, you shouldn't underestimate it. Um, the the benefit that yesterday's game would have given to not just businesses, but like proper local businesses, your Murringers, your Tiny Rebels, your Le Pubs. You know, if Newport played in a soulless plastic bowl in a retail park, then... You don't you don't get that in the same way. And even if you do have a lot of people there, the businesses who benefit from it tend to be kind of big corporations. So I really like the fact that there were loads of people in town. They were spending money in, in places that have their roots in Newport. The Murringer, it was like being at a family wedding. You know, I saw all of you lot um, together properly for the first time. That was nice. Bumped into a couple of listeners, a couple of people who I know or half know. And, you know, that's, that's what it should be like. Um, so... The joy of that, the joy of being in my favourite pub in Wales and bumping into lots of lovely people and just um, everyone being in a good mood, everyone being up for the game, that will that will stay with me for a long time. That will see me through some drizzly away defeats in northern towns. So yeah, that was that was it for me. Um, yeah, is, does that resonate for you as well, Ian? Obviously, travelling from you know uh, drizzly northern towns. Um, what was your feeling oh, of the drizzly northern town? Yeah. <laughs> I, I wholeheartedly I wholeheartedly agree with that, and particularly that was it two weeks ago my last away day. It wasn't drizzly, but it was a very cold northern town at Doncaster. You know, I like Doncaster as a club and and all last way, but that it, you know, and they've got a nice ground you know, as soulless bowls in as on retail parks go. But the difference between being able to be in the city centre and trying to either have to have a you know 45 minute walk from a train station or drive and park at a big car you know it it's just it's different it's different gravy isn't it where you can just get the train you know it's it's literally 10 minutes walk away you know which was after nine minutes injury time went up and i had to get 
back to the the train at one minute to seven. I was thinking, oh my god, um, but no, it was great. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, I, I was slightly tired because I had to stand all the way from Birmingham to Newport because the train was so rammed full of Man United fans. I had to stand all the way back to Birmingham as well because it was so rammed. So it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was. But it was good. I had a really good chat with a lot of the United fans um, on the way down, on the way up. Some good, good people I was chatting to. So. Um, including some who going all the way back out further north than me, a, a, you know, a guy going to Ashington in Newcastle and um, a guy going up to just near Morbeth. So I was chatting to them. So that was, uh, you know, that was, I think I was doing a fair leg, but that was pretty impressive from them as well. So yeah, I had lots of good chats all day. And um, as I'd said, both in the pub and around, but also traveling down as well. And um, yeah, it was really good. It was, it was one of those days where, as you say, it makes up for, you know, some of the stuff which isn't, isn't so great. And uh, that's why we go, isn't it? We don't have the glamour fixtures every week. So when you get them, they mean more, I think. And, uh, you know, we've said all of that without really touching on the match itself, where we went toe-to-toe, we were one of the biggest teams in the world. And for 15 minutes plus in the second half at 2 all, we were thinking, we we look favourite to go on and win this. So, I mean, what a, what a day. I, I, I've got a question about that, because one of the things I think was... Am- one of the things that was amazing about it is when we were going toe to toe, that bit where they looked a bit rattled, and and, and we 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 were thinking, goodness gracious me, what's going to happen here? I think what was interesting for me is that we actually tried to win that game. At that point, we were trying to go. We could think we can win this. Now, I think that's brilliant, and I'm all for that because you know I'm a romantic. Go for it, right? But I can't help in reflection think: should we at two two have just gone right? <laughs> Get all the defenders on, hoof into the stands, play for a replay, get some more money, let's all go to Old Trafford. Do you know what I mean? In hindsight, should we have done that? I was not thinking that at all during the game. Um, and I've not even considered that until you've just said that now. Um, no, no chance. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, 20 minutes, we had them absolutely rattled. Um, I was telling everyone around me, I was on the North Terrace, I was telling everyone around me, yeah, we've got me here, we've got me here, lads. Um, and yeah, they did. They looked a bit like, I don't know. And I found that interesting because one of the points I actually put on here talking about the actual game, it's interesting how we set up and played played that slightly differently to the other big games, you know, your Tottenham's, Man Cities and stuff. We didn't really ever sit back, I don't think. Yeah, Man Man United had a lot of the ball early doors and you know, they started yeah very well, made it made it look easy um at, at times. Um but I don't think we ever really sort of played that sort of sitting back and I think that was maybe a tactical you know it was definitely a move from Cochrane not to not to do that and and to maybe sort of surprise them a bit and go for it well I think that's exactly right and I think that's in keeping with how Coco has approached things this season you know you saw it when we played Stockport for example they turned up expecting us to to just meekly try and grind out a result but actually sometimes you have got to take the game to them and look Man United are going to expect to dominate possession. The question is in the whatever it is, 20, 25% of the time when we've got the ball, what do we try and do with it? Coco's um, principle has always been possession with a purpose. And that's what it was yesterday. You know, when we win the ball, we break forward quickly and we try and do something with it. It served him pretty well up until this point. And I, I do think having hauled our way back into it from 2 0 down, you'd be it would be madness to change your game plan at that point. I think, you know, once you've fought your way back into it and you're you're on the up. Um, you just have to kind of stick with what you're doing and hope that momentum does the rest. Don't get me wrong, I'm not. Um, I'm not saying we should have parked the bus at that point, but I'm just. It was just. It was something I was reflecting on, you know. Afterwards, you know, having that tactical flexibility to say, well, actually, do you know what, we could do something a bit different here. 
But I also think that the, the bit that the game changed for me almost after we went 2 0 down, because I think we were almost like two. I mean, they were a very good side, obviously. Do you know what I mean? We talked about Man United and, you know, we talked to the game, Ed, where didn't we? Where they were, you know, we were putting in areas, they were passing it to actual people, you know. And in the opening, the opening stages, I think we maybe were a bit too respect, respectful and stood off. But when we started getting into them and rattling them a little bit and actually pressing like we do in normal games and saying, well, they're, they're just players. Let's just go and press them. Let's let's try and actually harry them a little bit. That's when that's when it changed for me. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel the same thing. Now, while you guys were, were chatting, um, a wild Jack appeared on our Zoom screen. Um, Jack, how are you doing this evening? Okay, uh... I've just kicked in on what Ian said about um, the flow of the game. Now, on the, the the first goal for us, I think, was it wasn't a little bit of a surprise, but it, it was outside the box. It wasn't a hopeful shot. I know he's got skill, but um, I think the vibe was, especially after the second goal went in, that, I mean... Listening to myself talk in the stands was very much, we're happy to be here. What a wonderful occasion. At least this happened. And well, I got to see Ten Hag, you know, the back of his bald head. Um, you know, that was wonderful. But the, yeah, the, the, the goal changed a little bit for me. I still didn't think so much. And then Will Evans' goal was like, I, I think the feeling for me then was, yes, we can disrupt them. They haven't got that bounce back ability. Um, that was yeah for me. That was the flow of the game. I don't know how you felt throughout. The, the, it was it was an emotional roller coaster, and and I never expected that because something that Flinny had had in the cup run was bounce back ability. That made up word from Soccer Saturday. If I'd ever try and get friends over to watch Newport when it was difficult, is I would always sell Newport as a team that no matter when they went down one nil two nil they'd always give it a good go. And I'm not sure that's entirely a Graham Coughlin team asset yet. It sure as is now, but yeah, I'm happy to be proven wrong on that one. Yeah, I I actually agree with you there. I think one, one of the other things I made my notes for, for tonight was I thought there was so much so much running. I, I mean, not just Will Evans, who just doesn't stop running anyway, um, you know, the whole 90 minutes, but the whole team. I was expecting, you know, to all, oh, we're going to get a bit knackered here. Um, and that's where like the third and the fourth goal would come from. But I don't think I I wouldn't say that that was you know the reason why we conceded those third and fourth goals. I think it's just Premier League quality told in the engine. They always had someone on the overlap or happened to be free at the back post. There was you know it was just you know the golf in class. Um, but we never yeah we never stopped. And I think I don't know whether that's just something you know Cochrane's done to sort of improve the the squad's fitness levels, or maybe it was just the you know the atmosphere and you know the sheer adrenaline pumping through those players' veins. Um, you know that they were just yeah they just were not going to give up. Um, but I feel like yeah yesterday you mentioned that about you know a Cochrane team not quite having that same kind of vibe or whatever you want to call it as as a Flinney team or you know a Newport team of the past but I think yesterday kind of maybe proved to us and proved to the you know the players as well that yeah they do have that they do have that that gut and guile to sort of keep on going you know on the running side I mean we are a fit side and I would say that certainly when I watch us away when we you know we don't have as that much of the ball 
they have to they run hard you know they do it is a, it is a team that works hard to be to be fair and um but it was funny on the train back up i was chatting to these united fans and they were saying obviously second half one was saying i was expecting i was expecting to be seeing a lot of the ball and he said i was he's like, it's down your end all the time so it was like i was getting really he said he was getting frustrated and he said you know they, they it was a cracking cup tie and he said you know all credit to us you know he said we really we were, they were a bit surprised, but they said, you know, it was it was a good game, and you know, they would they said we wouldn't have minded going back to Old Trafford either. Do you know what I mean? It's, you know, they said you deserved something out of that game in in terms of, you know, I don't think they were just being polite. I think they were generally quite impressed by the effort and everything that we put in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I. I... I wouldn't necessarily say we deserve something out of that. I think, you know, the the two early goals, I was fearing a, you know, cricket score. Um, and then the two goals at the end, I thought that, yeah, fair enough. But yeah, that that middle of, you know, the, the match where, you know, we all believed that was that was phenomenal. And, you know, there are a lot of fans, you know, full full house for all believing, um, including uh, apparently Mickey Dimitri, uh, who is apparently in the Hazel Terrace. Um, I don't know how he, you know, he must he must have an in with tickets. He needs to give Nathan Wood some uh, ideas and uh, some pointers on queuing for tickets doesn't he but uh yeah no it's, it's good to see you know former pros coming back and uh and uh, uh you know uh come in to enjoy the atmosphere i wonder what it's like though for for them because obviously he'll have played in a lot of those big games to see what it's like from from the side of the pitch as well um yeah it must be yeah it must be quite quite fun for him you know those are the discussions had with Ian on a train for fans uh, uh are not shy of saying what they really feel. And the disappointed thing for me is, I don't know if you've talked about this already, I apologise if you have, what is with Eric Ten Hag's like completely classless commentary post-game? Like, we didn't have that off Pep. How, do we, how, how can he possibly say we had good chances and they had nothing, really nothing, and out of nothing, they score a goal? I'm sorry, mate. I, I, I mean, I was, I was with you, Ed, at the back, and I was looking at the back of his world head, and I said, "This is him gone. Like that is not yeah, a good yeah. performance. That is, I know, I know, we lost four two. The optics of that are great for United. Watching that game, it was awful, terrible. Can't manage, can't manage his best striker to even turn up. Can't get his hundred million pound players to turn up against the League Two side enough to really." Stop us from scoring, and 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 the goals that we scored weren't by accident. They were wonderfully played, and the defence for the Will Evan goal, awful, absolutely terrible. And the the classist comment. And let's not forget. I mean, I think we've lost some of the the merge of footage. I'm a recovering United fan. I've got no bones about saying that, and I'm not going to be a hypocrite. Everyone in Newport has a Premier League side. I'm sorry, it's it's a fact. Right, Every, most people that support Newport have a second club, and I can't defend. Like I, I, it it hurts me to say that the guy who manages City has more class than this guy. I I took it personally, but obviously by the same move, <laughs> I really did. Trash. You see, I trash. I read it dif- I read it differently because so there were there were two things that were prominent in terms of what Ten Hag said post match. One was the fact that you gave a very nice bottle of wine to uh, Coco, which we might well come on to. Which I'd like know, to talk nice about gesture. that bottle of wine. Yeah, well, well, we'll come on to that in a second. And then the other thing was the comments about we offered nothing and blah, blah, blah. I I, I think he probably regrets the, the choice of words because I don't think that was quite what he was trying to say. I think he was saying that, you know, Man United really should have been able to deal with what we were, do- what we were doing. The, the passages of play that led to the two goals, 
there was nothing in there that should not be um, bread and butter to a Premier League defender. Um, and I think that was probably what he meant. But I mean, I, you know, I don't want to put words in the guy's mouth, but I think that that was the point he was making is Man United were 2 0 up comfortable. And then through their own lack of paying attention, they led in two goals against a, an opposition who they comfortably should have been able to deal with. That was how I read it. And I think it was just a poor choice of words rather than him trying to disrespect us. Because I don't, I don't see what percentage there is for him in doing that. But maybe I'm being too charitable. You're shaking your head, though. Um... <laughs> let's talk about the wine. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the wine. T- tell us about the wine, Ian. Take on my anger. Let's go for the wine. So, apparently, he gave. A, I don't know what bottle of wine it is. I'd be very interested to know. But apparently, he gave a very nice bottle of wine to Coco, didn't he, after the game, which is a really nice gesture. And then Coco said, brilliant, but I don't drink wine. Um, and then I think... Um, an American beer company has has contacted him and said, "Don't worry, Graham, we've got you covered. Uh, we'll sort you out some beers." The question for me is, what's happening with the bottle of wine? Now, I feel I I, I feel that the nineteen twelve Exiles has done a brilliant job this week promoting the club, and the, and as an elder yeah, statesman yeah. within yeah. this within this podcast, who really enjoys a glass of red wine with some cheese. So, if Cockle would like to donate the bottle of red wine to the nineteen twelve Exiles, I will make sure it gets put to good use. It's a £230 bottle of 2013 Antigone di Leno. Bless you. There you go. I've, uh, yeah, I've stepped with the cold. That was uh, in, in Newportonian. Antinori di <laughs> I thought I thought the worst thing of all of that was that he, you know, Ten Hag was like, oh, yeah, yeah, here's a nice bottle of red wine. Um, I know it's nice. It's recommended by Sir Alex. It's like, like just let him retire he's always having to be wheeled <laughs> out like choose your own wine come on like, it's ridiculous <laughs> um the other thing i want to the other thing i want to point out from the game um which i heard i don't know if this is true or not but i just saw it on social media but two people in the away end because obviously they've got a lot of um you know season ticket holders probably a lot of people who go to away away um matches we didn't have a huge allocation for them in comparison, obviously huge for most away fans who come here. But two people allegedly um, bought tickets maybe through yeah, reselling for 600 quid a pop. Now, I reckon that must be a world record for um, yeah, a, a Newport County tickets being sold, surely. No? It was, it, it was interesting because I was... Again, chatting to the United fans on the way down and on the way back in terms of how, like, what was it like in terms of getting a ticket allocations and how is it working? And and it was quite a bit unusual because they they had to physically turn up at with their ID and all the rest of it to get their tickets down down in Newport, didn't they? They had to go to the um, Uni of Wales building, um, and you know, as a result of that, you know, one of the guys was saying, you know, it was a bit like cocoon, you know, it was all the older. All, all the old United fans who've been going for a very long time, who've got the, the points in the thing, who could like, you know, make sure they could travel, get down there, wanted to go, new ground, all that sort of stuff. That, you know, so it was all the ones who go to the European games and all that sort of stuff, the, the long-standing fans. It wasn't the young uns who, because who, who, they, 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 they wouldn't be able to do it. Um, and there was much less reselling as a result of that. So, you know, we don't know what, how those people got their tickets. Um what, what I will say, though, Ian, one, is that if those people who spent 600 quid each on a ticket, if they want to borrow my season ticket for the Gillingham game, I will let them have it for 300 quid 
Um, and then they'll get to watch County for half of what they spent to watch us yesterday. So that's a bargain. There you go. Mm. There you go. Good deal. My my, <laughs> my one of my last questions before we move on from Man- Manchester United game. Um, Will Evans, can we hold on to him? This might be very outdated uh, by the end of this week. Uh, obviously recording a few days before the transfer window shuts, but can we hang on to him? Because he really put himself in the shop window yesterday. I had a lot of people watching on TV texting me saying that Will Evans is some player. So what do we think? There's rumours of bids, isn't there? There are rumours of bids. I think that he... How many days have we got to the window shut? Two? So it's tight, isn't it, in terms of, you know, things can happen on the last on the last days. He's done himself no harm. His contract runs out at the end of the season. So take the money and sell him. I think that's, you know, if if a, if a decent bid comes in, I think we have no option but to 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 sell to sell him. Um I'm not saying that's what I want to happen. I'm saying I think that if bids are coming in that are, that are decent, I think that's what we should do. Um we don't sell players very often. We certainly don't sell players very often for possibly some decent money. If we're saying that we are likely to be staying in this division this year, then with the money we've made from this, and if we could sell Evans and probably Maka, who I've uh, I think I heard you know, there's, there's rumours about, then you could bring in another few hundred thousand pounds potentially. We've got a little bit of a, I don't want to use the word war chest, but it does certainly allow Cockland and to plan recruitment for next season, doesn't it? And start start us building, and then it also gives us the opportunity again. You know, this this sort of scouting and progression out of out of the Welsh leagues. You know, it, it puts us in a good a good a good place for that. I think we're going to find out about the personality of the owner, aren't we? But we're going to find out what Hugh's personality is, and and so if he sells, I'm not saying that much in the way that the, is it t- like Daniel Levy will not sell a player unless he's like it's like 200 percent over the value are we going to figure out with Hugh is he going to be shrewd and, and make a good deal because that's what's good for the future of the club um or is he going to hold on because you know there's going to be a gang of Newport supporters of whom the position in the league is never going to satisfy them and they need all the investment keep all the best players you know Podge is still banging in 30 and we've still got Washington and all of you know, we've still got Regan Pool, we've never seven, we, you know, we've got a Premier League side. That's obviously ridiculous, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with Will because if you're ever going to capitalize on a sale, you've just put him in the biggest shop window, and the boy did very, very, very good. So it's almost like name your prize for a lot of desperate clubs out there who need Will Evans to go and milk some goals from. I'm going to give you one fact and two cliches, both of which happen to be true. The fact is that the window closes at the end of the day on Thursday, which is the 1st of February. So we've got an extra 24 hours over what we uh, had assumed. So that's some bad news. Two cliches that happen to be true. The first one is that the only thing worse than other players trying to poach your players is no one wanting any of your players because they're crap. So I'm not too worried about the fact that we're in a good position where other teams want to buy our players. That is a a measure of success. Um, And the second point is we may well decide that we want to keep our best players and that we'll turn down all bids, but it is very, very hard to keep and get the best out of a player who doesn't want to be there. And so if Evans, McLaughlin, you know, whoever else decide they've done their bit with Newport County, but actually they want to challenge themselves at a higher level 
then realistically that they're going to go um no matter how much we might wish that they had the same affinity to the clubs that we have ultimately if they decide that's what they want for their career and for you know their well-being and their financial well-being then you know that's fine so we we are a fourth division club we're a selling club and as long as we get a price that uh, that the club feel they can then reinvest into finding replacements, then that's how it is. So I'm I'm fairly sanguine about it. Yeah, I also think Ed that you said a really good point there that you know if they want to go up to you know bigger and better things, higher clubs. I think that for me is the key. So when Priestley last last season went on, you swanned off to Walsall. I'm like, what? Well, you know. Um, so I think for me it's about that. If 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 a, if a League One or a Championship club comes in for either of those players or anybody else, fair play. If they're going to go to Walsall, not not. I'm not as happy with that. Or Swindon, dare I say? Wrexham. You know? Well, <laughs> they don't know. They, they, and you they, imagine they're shopping, in, they're shopping in other windows, aren't they? I'm not. Yeah, right. I mean, I do genuinely think you know, like I think you said, you know, he's been on primetime BBC One this week and he performed incredibly well. His stock that could be the you know it could be the highest you know possible value we're going to get right at this it's the ideal week to sort of put him in that shop window particularly if we think yeah he's probably going to be gone for free in the summer you're gonna have to take what 300 grand or more or i don't know how much we're we're wanting for him but you know you want to take some significant money um and yeah who knows who knows maybe that's why you know jeff got come in as sort of the inevitable replacement Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah. Uh, while we're on that, before we go to Wrexham, let's speak about Jeff Cott. Um Obviously, we know there might be some potential departures, but obviously, what do we make of this new signing? Aside from maybe replacing Will Evans, well, I I did a bit of digging um, the morning we signed him. Got some views from some Plymouth fans and some Swindon fans. I also got um, some uh, views from a few fans. Is it St Johnston that he's just come from? I've, I've lost track a little bit. Yeah, so um, the St Johnston fans weren't particularly polite about him, but the the reviews from Plymouth and Swindon fans were were overwhelmingly positive. Um, I think there are a few questions about his kind of. Uh, fitness and stamina but if there's one thing we know about Coco is that he makes his players get fit and do a lot of running so I should imagine that if that is a problem it won't be a problem for very long um Fox in the box big strong you know he can make a make a good run um and he's that kind of classic play between the posts um kind of old-fashioned number nine it seems to me um so you know, in that kind of Will Evans mould, dare I say it. Um, the question mark for me, well, there's two. One is whether he can do the high energy, high press stuff that Coco wants. That may take a little while to come. And the other thing 
is I think we need to just give him a little bit of time. He's not played much football this season. He's not going to suddenly come into the team and bang the goals in left, right and centre. It's probably going to take him a month to get up to match sharpness. But um, but that aside, he looks like a good signing. And the Swindon fan um, I asked, they're, they're, the first thing they said was they couldn't believe that he was signing for a club at our level. So, you know, that's a good a good sign that, you know, he uh, he should have some quality to him. I think it's a shrewd acquisition and I was astonished because he's been, he, I feel he's been around for a long time, but he's only just he's literally just turned 24, hasn't he? So I, I was genuinely surprised by that. He's been well under 21 national, hasn't he? And, and all that sort of side of things. Um, I think pace will potentially be the issue depending on how we, but I think, if, I think if we get the balls into him, I think he can score goals and he's proved, he's proven that and he's scored 26 goals in league one, hasn't he? So, you know, I think if we get the service right, getting fit and firing, I think it's a shrewd acquisition. And is it, you know, it might it might be for this season, but is this the start of the build for next? Yeah, quite possibly. Because um, I was going to actually ask you um, all, you know, what else we th- might need to strengthen or is it, you know, places we might need to sort of replace players that might be on the move out. But where are we, where are we look likely to be looking in the next like three, three days, 72 hours? I want an all action midfielder. I think if I think if Maca I think if Maca goes, we've still got Payne and we and we st- and we now got Lewis's back, so we we can cover the we can cover the, the wing back positions. So if we were gonna bring anybody in or had any money to spend from the from the, the United game, I want a bit of. I still think our midfield, as much as we do the pressing, as much as it's got it, it's got some some qualities in there. I, I'd, I'd have, I'd have an all-action midfielder, and I'd potentially have a, another centre back. So I, I would also want, uh, I want to see the creative midfielder who's going to be the heart of the side for the next two years because I don't think we know who that is. I don't think it's going to be Will Dig because, you know, he's, he's he's struggled to kind of hold down a place. Um, Wait and Wood, I think, are both you know good options off the bench, but I don't think they're starters. So. I want to see who are we signing, who's going to be the marquee, you know, creating stuff from midfield, um, pinging the balls around, playing the three balls. That's that's the the player I think we most need. I would also like another striker, um, even if we keep hold of all the ones we've got. I just feel like Rai isn't quite there yet. Zamzala, I, you know, we we may see him pull on a shirt again, but I don't think he's a long term option. Um, I I would like to see another striker as well. Yeah, Jack. Is there anywhere you think we might might need to strengthen, or you think that's where Cocker's looking? Uh, I I was just thinking for myself, sat there. What would I fancy? Which is a really dangerous question, isn't it? Uh, and I was thinking, God, I miss Kevin Ellison because wouldn't that have been fun in the last ten minutes of the United game? Just to, just to shove Kev on, big Kev on, just to wind everyone up. And uh, I, I want the next. I want the next Mister Newport County, which is a bit too. Ed's point. I think I'm I'm pretty aligned there. Um, I want a new favourite house, one who just plays off the ref for ninety minutes. We're missing that, I think. Um, and re- I, I'm I'm really happy with the Jeff got one actually because if this has done anything, this has forced me to read Wikipedia. And if you didn't know, listeners, he won EFL League Two Player of the Month and Young Player of the Month in January 2020. He scored five goals in four starts, and that was the year that Plymouth won promotion to League One. So it's, he's got proper credo, this kid. And do they know that they're going to lose Will Evans? Is it, are they just playing poking with the bits and getting some more money? Maybe 
maybe it'll be obvious come Thursday. Yeah, I think I have a feeling that uh, a lot of this will become very outdated and obsolete um, podcasts record very quickly. I, I just have a feeling, yeah, I, I agree with yourselves about getting yeah that that box to box midfielder or that you know mr newport county i don't think we're getting that in the last three days of the january transfer window i think that's more of a let's find somebody over the summer um although no no we have found some yeah gems in january i think charlesley came in january didn't he so um Uh yeah i don't know who knows um but let's leave all the speculating for now um and we'll come back next week and, and and discuss who we actually did sign and sell um, we do need to touch on the Wrexham game before we go. Um, now, it feels like an age ago because so much has happened in the last week. Uh, but we beat Wrexham at Rodney Parade. Um, and we had, you know, nine and a half thousand there. We had the uh, biggest, biggest crowd since that Cardiff game in 1983 that um, I think Ian's referenced in the past, referenced in the preview um, uh, pod for Manchester United. Now, Ed, um, I'm going to come to you. Um because obviously they had a red card in the first half, um, but by all accounts, it might not have been that critical moment in us winning the game. I think we were playing superbly well up until that point. Yeah, we we started probably the best kind of opening ten minutes that I've seen from us all season. We we really came out the traps firing well, strung some good passes together. Um, yeah, the red card was a was a bonus, and you know it was massively important for the game, and it it. it probably um yeah really did make a, a, a big difference i think particularly as the game went on but we looked very good in that game even before the sending off um and i thought uh it was a great performance we the way we dug in and held on as well um you know i know you when you're when you're leading against 10 men that's kind of the least you should do but um they they had a lot of quality and we we were a match to it and I thought it was a a really great day um you know Man United will be probably the one that that we'll remember for for far longer but um you know there were 500 more people in against Rex and the atmosphere was superb um and yeah I I thoroughly enjoyed that game that was a really nice win and a little bit like Stockport, you know, a few months ago. It's one of those that you go out, you you come out of the ground afterwards, and you go, mm, yeah, no, we're we're okay. You know, this this is a side that has done so well to kind of pull themselves out of um, what I thought think was going to be a very very difficult season towards the foot of the table. And I think we when we finished that game, we were in fourteenth place. We might have dropped a little bit because we didn't play at the weekend, but you know, that's that's kind of the the base level I think of where we need to be at this point. Absolutely. Um, let's not tell Wrexham fans that there were 500 more people for their game than the Man United game because uh, <laughs> oh, I'll go to their heads because, yeah. Yeah, but what do we what do we make? Though? I mean, do we care about bragging rights? So it's a bit, but, you know, friendly beef and banter on Twitter and stuff. But like, I think everyone on this pod doesn't think it's a, it's not really a derby. That's just a bit of added spice, really, from what was it, 11 years ago when we... Uh, when we beat them to promotion and um, they've only just decided to come and join us. Do you know what it is, James? It's complete and utter cringe. The whole thing is cringe. The whole Wrexham thing is cringe. The whole Wrexham coming up to this league with that money is cringe. The whole thing. Now, I'm going to dial it back so I don't feel that people might misinterpret that I spend too long on this. I didn't watch the game because I, I just... I just divested from it because I could feel my blood boiling now and I got to dial myself back. But it is, it's completely and utterly cringe. Uh, 
they're not, they, they're not on O-level. They were never on O-level, and it took American money to do it. And if they're not prepared to have that thrust upon them, thrown in their face, left, right, and center, and if they can't take it, they're hypocrite. And it just, it just winds, it just absolutely winds me up. There is one percent that I wish we had a bigger buyer than Hugh Jenkins. But I'll take the higher ground and, and say that Hugh Jenkins was a Welsh legend for Welsh football and he's going to do great things for us. Not this American import. Thank you very much. Yeah. I, I do, I'm not angry at all because it doesn't it doesn't bother me in the slightest. It ball it, it it's a literal non-entity for me. It just doesn't you know, they're gonna go up with we... millions. <laughs> we beat we beat them the last time we played them. Like whatever's I wish I had that chill. I wish I had that. I just can't. thing is, thing is, they're not the, they're not the first team to you know to you know spend some money and then you know do a double promotion. They won't be the last, and it's fine. You know, we'll just deal with it. Um, that's my my feeling towards it all. It's the indignant and dull tone that they have on Twitter, though. It's this, it's this, it's this really bothersome fly that that buzzes around Twitter, and it's the Wrexham fans constantly, constantly buzzing around Twitter as this illuminated source of welsh happiness no you're not it's a complete fabrication complete fabrication uh i'm hung over a good sleep well what you need to do no what you need to do you need to read more books and spend less time on social media that's correct yeah it's it's, it's i hear it's, it does wonders for mental health but yeah that's that's where we live uh, before we move on to um the agn chat i just want to ask everyone because we we kind of touched upon it um you know on the transfer bit and the manchester united bit but you know we're like you say we're not we're not going down what does what does the rest of the season look like i think reese um who's uh you know uh not on on the pod tonight but reese did pull together previous like results after we had these cup runs after we made the fourth round against tottenham and the fifth round against man City, and he was like yeah we just like fall off a cliff our form um What's the feeling right now? We've got obviously a big game, lunchtime kickoff at home to Swindon next Saturday. What's the get? Yeah, you know, we've got eighteen games left this season. What? What's the potential? What's par? What's possible? Well, at the risk of repeating what I said last season, once we got into safety, um, I think we should try and leapfrog AFC Wimbledon because I was watching with interest um, their form and their transfer dealing. So they've lost um, Ali Al Hamadi, I think his name is, who's gone off to Ipswich. Um, they so they're just outside the playoffs, um, but their momentum isn't great. They're kind of sliding down, and they've just lost their um, their key striker. I'm sure they'll bring someone else in, but um, I would like to see us leapfrog them. We've still got to go and play at their place, and I think the gap at the moment is about five points. So if I was going to try and set a target, I would say let's let's see if we can overhaul them because if we overhaul them, we're probably going to end up top half somewhere and I think that would be a, a very nice return um, and it would also suggest that we've laid good groundwork for next season so finish either than AFC Wimbledon you don't think um you said that the, the gap is five points you get another two points that's a playoff spot right now we're only seven off the playoffs have some ambition well... Ed come on <laughs> <laughs> Ian what are you thinking I think that I mean it'd be brilliant if we could beat the roundabout crowd, crowd won it next week. I think it'll be probably quite a tough game, actually. Um, you know, there's going to be a bit of, I'm going to have a bit of a sort of, you know, come down after the United game, the Wrexham game, all the hullabaloo that's been going on. So 
be I mean, it'd be interesting to see that, see the intensity that we've got in that in that game. Um, and then we've got some of the tricky ones coming up, haven't we? We've got Knox County, and we've got we got we got a little bit of a tricky run, I think, ahead of us. So, you know, I am positive about what we're doing and where we're going to go, but I I think finishing above Wimbledon will be. I like the ambition. I think that might be a bit of a tall order. They're just probably going to spend their 1.7 million, aren't they? They got in on somebody else. So um, I think I might have been floating around saying at the start of the season, wouldn't it be great if we could finish 11th? So I'm going to stick with that. Let's yeah. go for 11th. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I think it will be a tricky game on Saturday, to be honest. But um, I think we'll be up for it. I've just got, yeah, I think that the momentum, the bounce, I feel like the, the feel-good factor in the city, I think that's what's really sort of pushing things right now. Um, Jack, what's possible for this Newport County team the last 18 games of the season? For me, uh, I don't think that should matter. I, I, it's, it's difficult to say. I know what I want, um, but we, we've had great we have we've had great tumult at this club in terms of ownership and management. Coco's had a little while, um, but I still think it's too soon to bestow a great expectation upon him. Um, I think a good marker for me would be waltz all the way and if i can just indulge everyone in the record against warsaw blind me you know let's count back to 2017 right draw draw win one nil away excellent draw lost lost draw 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 loss so if it's if i, I just take the litmus test as warsaw away we do well then i expect great things for the rest of the season if we do terribly then fine but i'm I, for me uh, I'm not going to be invested in the finishers. I think we're safe. I'm happy we're safe. It's good we're safe. We have Hugh Jenkins. We have a little bit of a transfer window. The first signing is an absolute brilliant on paper. You cannot blame that signing whatsoever. If he makes any more, that's an absolute bonus. And then we'll start next year, next season, with proper expectations where I would like playoffs again. Because that's where we were touching before. That's where we were before. We, we can we We have failed the playoffs. Let's, as Cody Rhodes is going to do at WrestleMania for you nerds like me that still like professional wrestling, you've got to finish the story. Let's finish the story. That's my long-term expectation for this season. Let's just, let's enjoy it. We've we've enjoyed it already. Like that United game is the absolute maximum that we could have done in terms of uh, securing money for whatever we need to pay off or if we've got any sort of debt. I don't know. I don't go to AGMs. Um, It's the best fiction we could have had for attracting potential new fans you know i i remember a long time ago when i went to the fa cup and we played blackpool and it was it was the best day out ever i think i was like nine years old and it set me for life it turned me off united from the 90s which was difficult and i was into grassroots football and i wonder and i hope that that was the same for a lot of kids that came to see us despite noticing a lot of uh, a lot of disgruntled parents just doing the old bring the tablet brigade and just stuff it in their hands and they just wash the tablet for 90 minutes but you know there's not there's not a single person in that stadium or a single person who watched that who was from Newport who didn't jump up and clap and be proud for the city that they live in or came from when that second goal went in I was almost crying so yeah um that is the absolute longest answer for expectations this season. I have none. Yeah, I, I, I don't care. I, I don't. I really don't. So, uh, so, so Jack thinks mid-table. Um... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we went on quite a journey there, didn't we? Uh, yeah, um, oh, I had about three or four questions um, I was going to ask you. Um, I've already forgotten them because uh, 
but yeah it sounded like you had a good day jack so that's the main thing <laughs> i've only just recovered yeah. yeah um you did actually um segue us nicely onto the agm you mentioned the agm um because slap bang in the middle of our two biggest games of the season and on the day we also announced a new striker and yeah the the jenkins takeover was completed also had the agm it was um a lot going on uh agm the supporters trust um so it didn't get as much sort of pickup and, and coverage as it might have otherwise done uh particularly in a season such as this um but ed you were there to keep an eye on business um so resolutions to the agm statements of accounts might not be the most scintillating thing um so he tasked ed with summarizing the whole meeting in less than five minutes ed your time starts now Newport County Supporters Trust AGM on the 25th of January in as short a space of time as I can possibly manage. Here is what happened. So first of all, we had um, an introduction and an overview from Paul Marks talking about where the trust uh, membership had stood during the period under report. So the um, the AGM reported on two years worth of business, 2021-22 and 2022-23. We started that period, 2021, with 979 trust members. That went up to 1,089 and then fell back to 992 at the end of the reporting period. Although we did hear later on that since that period, the trust membership had um, risen up to 1,214 members at the 9th of January, um, partly because of people joining to take part in the Hugh Jenkins vote and uh, and to get tickets for the Man United game. So that trajectory has been upwards, but I should imagine will tail off. So that was the first thing. Financially, there was a report that during that two-year period, donations had remained fairly steady from the trust to um, the club, uh, but also obviously with that income coming from trust members, so from trust members to trust and from trust to club of around 100k a year to help sustain the club. Um, again, there is an expectation that some of that donation level will continue going forward with Hugh Jenkins' takeover confirmed, although we'll obviously see how that goes. Then we had the formal kind of business of the meeting and resolution, so the meeting approved the accounts and statements for 2021-22 and 2022-23. Interesting, there were no questions about um, the appointment of auditors, given that those same auditors had signed off on the accounts uh, in which we found the black hole, uh, um, which gave rise to last May's uh, big meeting that we talked about in length at the time. There was then a members resolution that was proposed by Chris Davis um, for the trust to adopt a transparency policy. Chris explained that it would leave flexibility for the trust board and members to develop that policy uh, in a way that they felt was workable, balancing the considerations between the need for commercial confidentiality with the need to tell trust members what is going on. Um, All it would have done is bind them to develop and bring forward a proposal by the end of July. I was quite surprised that there were people who spoke against that, feeling that um, it didn't strike that correct balance um, around confidentiality. Um, But in the end, it was passed narrowly, 40 votes to 30. There was a bit of discussion about whether or not that uh, resolution needed a two-thirds majority, but in the end, the current trust directors uh, accepted that. So um, we will wait to see what happens with that. And then the final bit of the formal part of the meeting uh, was the the current state play of the trust. As I say, 1,200-odd members 
£73,000 in donations received so far this financial year, um, just short of 13 grand in the bank, and £66,000 donated to the club so far this period. So um, that's the state of play as things are now. That concluded the formal AGM business. We then moved into what was termed an informal meeting to discuss the future of the trust uh, and elections. There is a plan to um, do a survey of all trust members ahead of a formal further meeting around April time to agree next steps. Um, And that survey will... Uh, sorry, that meeting will look at things like um, adopting a new model constitution as recommended by Supporters Direct, resetting the Trust's objectives and priorities, electing uh, Trust and Club directors. Um, it was confirmed that um, there will be two seats on the club board um, and those will be elected directly from the members rather than being um, voted on by whoever gets elected on the Trust board. So in theory, someone could stand for the club board without standing for the Trust board, although um, it be interesting to see whether anyone seeks to do that. Uh, that meeting in April will also talk about fundraising plans, communications, um, recruiting and retaining Trust members and reviewing Trust memberships. Um, and the there was also confirmation that the Trust will re- retain its 27% shareholding in the club. Um, There are a few questions and suggestions that came up at that point about how the Trust might build a fighting fund so it's match fit and ready for the future, Um, should it it be in a position where it needs to take back ownership. Uh, Amber Arnie talked about the need for um, the Trust folks on on the future, you know, making sure that things like the Academy um, are protected and there was a lot of uh, supportive nodding around that point. There was also uh, a question about aligning the trust database and ticketing database to address the problems we've had in the last week. And it sounds as though a lesson has been learned and that might be done. Um, So in less than five minutes, I reckon that pretty much concludes the business of the NCAFC Trust uh, Trust AGM 25th of January 2024. Okay, perfect timing and, and no huge surprises there, although... Do we think that that retaining 1,200 trust members now, the change of ownership has has been confirmed, is a realistic aim? Ian, I'll come to you. I'd like to think a realistic aim is to increase the trust membership. But, you know, I think that's going to be tough because I think that as existing trust members or as new trust members, I think we need to be clear about what is the trust for, what's it about, um, what's its role and what's it what's it going to do in you know as a minority um stakeholder in the club and what's the relationship with you know a new owner going to be if any um and thinking you know jack gave an answer there about long-term ambitions i mean you know jenks is 71 isn't he right so you know he's not gonna be around forever you know one of the one of the roles for the trust could be to get ourselves in a position where we could you know take the club back potentially you know down the line if if jenks is gonna you know pass it back to the club or whatever you know but at the minute i think we need to just you know have a bit of clear thought about getting the right skills in there getting the structure of that right you know will people want want to stand to get on the committee all of that side of things which we've been sort of let down with in the past and doing some simple things like one of the things that we've talked about because the the ticket interest thing was 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 tricky for this United game, you know, putting that online alongside the the season ticket holders. So if you're a trust member, you can just get your tickets online, which you which you can't do currently, and all that sort of stuff. So there, there could be some ways of making it not quite a member. You know, lots of clubs have like membership schemes, don't they? You know, could our trust almost work in that way? So you can you know bring people in, contribute to the trust, contribute to the club. 
I'm not sure. I think the jury's out for me how it's going to go. But, you know, I'm I'm sticking around for a bit and I'll see what happens with it. For me, it needs... It's difficult. I love the idea, but it needs motivated and time-rich people. Next time this happens, because Hugh won't be here forever, that it's not him selling to American owners that we're going to really get annoyed with, right? Not... Not not the Ryan Reynolds. I'm sure there's plenty in Newport that would love Ryan Reynolds and they all love Marvel and that's fantastic. You know, the the the, the, the Jerry Sherman-esque lot. You know, we don't want that. That that was more or less verbatim what I said at the meeting, Jack. And and yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, Jack, you've kind of swayed me on you say it was a rant, but you've swayed me on you know the the reasons for keeping a trust going, because I'll be honest with you. I was struggling to see what value a trust sort of minority stakeholdership were going to offer and how they were going to maintain that. Yeah, we had put that question of 1,200 trust members. I was struggling to see how we were going to maintain that because the proposition over the last five, six, seven years has always been become a trust member and you might get priority tickets. So, you know, the, the sort of the benefit of, you know, not really having too much of a say in the things going on because you've got a minority you know, own minority owners now, and then the other benefit of being able to get to get tickets, you know, at, the, at these big games, it yeah. But you've actually said, yeah, we need something in place for when Hugh Jenkins does decide to move on. We need to sort of keep something bubbling away. Um, well, on that um, note, I think we've uh, accidentally got into some uh, quite interesting discussions there for for what was going to be a, a busy roundup show, and it's made. Uh, the show even busier today so we'll finish off with firstly player of the pod um ian i'm going to come to you for player of the pod first i am going to give it to and i think there's a good few candidates i'm not going to reel them off i'm going to give it to maca um i think he had a good solid game he was up against ganacho for a lot of it and i think he gave as good account of himself as he possibly could do so yeah, I'm going to give it to Maraca. Okay. Ed? Well, I'm going to give it to Will Evans because I know every Newport fan is sort of rolling their eyes now when a national media uh, outlet comes to town and starts talking about, did you know only two years ago he was a dairy farmer and all the rest of it? And uh, it's all got a bit hackneyed now. But he has been in the eye of the storm um, over the, the last... 10 days, two weeks or so, which I'll, I'll talk about more in a minute. Um, but, you know, being at the centre of that media spotlight, he's such a good story and he gives good copy and all the rest of it. Um, and when you are in the middle of that storm and then on match day, you've actually got to turn up and deliver, you know, the, the, sorry, I've walked into my own cliche there, haven't I? But um, he got his goal. He celebrated nicely. It was a, a great moment for him personally. It might get him a, a big money move. And I said to my boy, um, as the players were walking around the pitch and applauding everyone at the end, I said, just enjoy this because this might be the last time you see Will Evans in an amber shirt. So um, I sincerely hope that come Saturday, he is still a Newport County player. But um, what a what a season this has been for the Will Evans uh, story. You know, the way he's gone from being a, an honest, hardworking, industrious pro to being, you know, the leading light of Newport County. It's been wonderful to watch. He's um, a superb uh, human being I've I've had the privilege of meeting him a couple of times and um, whatever he goes on to do uh, we will all be watching closely so Will Evans here uh, Jack your player of the pod yeah I fully concur um, 
it's got to be Will Evans. And I would just repeat what Ed said, but I won't. But that finish, you know, would make, you know, Gary, who was watching it, and then Mike go wish he'd score stuff like that, you know, very, very jealous. It was a, it was a bloody brilliant finish. And Poacher's goal, Poacher's goal. All the cliches of, yeah, Fox in the Box and Poacher Special and all that sort of thing. But, um, you know, it's a testament to him. And, and just, I would say, for a guy who wasn't even sure what his position was for a bit, mm. to turn up and do that on television with all the eyes of the world on you is a special sort of player. So p- player of the pod, yeah, it's got to be Will Evans, hasn't it? Yeah, well, well, me and Ian were there at Sutton when he made his debut for us and he was playing left wing back. And um, we were like, oh, he looks all right there. Like, he works hard. But, like, we didn't see, like, anything like this um, in, in the pipeline. So it just shows how hard he's worked and, uh, you know, to sort of get to where he is now. Um, and as well, I think the uh, the build-up play to that goal was um, fantastic as well. That was like, probably, I'd argue yeah, it was Lewis the, the goal of the day. It was beautiful, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, the ball over to Lewis, though, beforehand, sort of chipped over yes. into that acres of space. Um, well, I would have gone Will Evans, but I'll, I'll give a shout out to Scotty Bennett because um, yeah, 300, yeah. 350 appearances for a League Two club. I think the the announcer um, when when he was given his shirt by Danny Murphy for some reason, um, uh, the announcer was saying, "Yeah, it's, it's a really rare occurrence for a player to make so many appearances for a club at our level," and that's right. And it's testament to just how well he works and just how many managers he's you know he's had as well, um, and they all want to keep him. That that you know he's clearly doing something right. Um, shout outs or beefs. Um, who's anyone wants to go first? Ed, go ahead. So, if it fo- so, it follows on nicely from what I was saying before about being in center of the, the media storm. Um, so you know, we, we don't get that many inquiries on this pod from national media outlets, but we've been deluged over the last week or 10 days with you know, everyone's wanted to speak to a Newport County fan, and you know, we we tried to um, do as many of those as possible. Um, and that's been you know, it's been great fun, but it's been quite hard work. Um, and I did find myself thinking that if we've had it tough, then poor Louis, who is the club's media officer, who is a, a very nice, pleasant young man, um. He must be exhausted today after the last couple of weeks for him. Um, he, you know, he will have had hundreds, literally hundreds of people wanting to speak to Coughlin, wanting to speak to Elevens. Can we set up an interview? Can we come down and do some um, some filming? Like his mobile phone must have been red hot over the last few weeks. Um, and as far as I can tell, he's dealt with all of that superbly. If you look at the coverage we've had. Um, he's done it whilst, you know, retaining the the kind of politeness that he always seems to have. Um, and there was a moment yesterday um, when all the limbs were going off after the second goal, you know, we're all leaping about and enjoying it. And of course, if you're the, the media officer, you know, he's trying to make sure that the social media is updated so that people keep an eye on it on Twitter can find out what's happened and everything else. So you can't enjoy the moment, which must be, you know, all right, he's not uh, a... a, a born and bred Newport County fan but this is this is his uh his his professional life and so you know he must want to celebrate that goal but he was doing the professional thing of updating Twitter and everything else but then I saw just as I was retaking my seat I did look along because he was about 10 seats uh, across from me I saw him do a little fist pump after the goal and I thought that's probably his the closest he's going to get to the limbs that we'd all just been experiencing so Louis if you're listening You've done a superb job over the last 10, 10 days or so. Um, you've covered yourself and the club in glory. Um, and I hope that you enjoyed that fist bump as much as we were all enjoying the limbs. Yeah, yeah well played. Yeah, yeah, good one. Good shout out there. Um, any other shout outs? Yes, 
So I'd love to shout out the response to the issues in the stand, i.e., you know, it's, I, I, I don't see it very often because obviously it's a very rare occasion. But for the county staffers, the the medical team to run from the bench over into the busy to help them so quick was, um, yeah, they, they, those guys need a shout out. And, you know, it, it, by all accounts, it wasn't uh, nothing. It wasn't a bit of a wobble or a trip. It was pretty bad. So, um, yeah, shout out to those guys. Um, this is not a beef. It's a bit of a funny shout out. Did anyone? Uh, did anyone really enjoy the fact that almost every substitution, <laughs> the announcer would just get it terribly wrong, yes. and yes. every single time he would write, he, right, coming off is a uh, scurries checks notes, and he would still get it wrong. Bless him, you're volunteer, love you, doing it free. Um, every single time he would say. And here comes like Diallo, and it's quite clearly not Diallo. And I'm looking to my right, and there's Stuart Pierce, just with the most perplexed look on his face. That's not Ahmed Diallo. And it just, yeah, yeah, it just tickled me. The just, has got, it made the lose has it. Got, um, the Ness has got two uh, catchphrases now. <laughs> One is free gripper, and the other is correction. <laughs> <laughs> correction, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. I, I just, oh. it made losing 4 2 all the more fun. Oh, shout outs or boots for Ian. Yeah, shout out. I got one of each. So shout out. I'm really enjoying because I don't like I don't like nasty chants and all that sort of stuff. I'm loving the sort of relatively new home chant, the everywhere we go, you know, watching Newport County putting on a show. I absolutely love that. It's like got hints of old school, but it's but it's really great. I just like it. It makes me it makes me smile when when I hear that being sung and when it was when it was rocking in the Azel, I, I thought that was great. I was, I really, that just made me really made me smile. I like that. It's, it's a relatively new, relatively new song, isn't it? And I'm I'm enjoying that. That's my shout out. My beef is myself. My beef is to be, I'm having a beef myself for my shambles attempt after doing all that recording in the Moringer. So I was like deleted the file. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm beef with myself. Oh, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. It happens to the best of us, I'm sure. Um, yeah, that that um, chant is like something out of like the 1930s, isn't it? It's very, very old school, I love it. but I love it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think that wraps us up. We'll be back after uh, next Saturday uh, with a review of the Swindon game, which, um, let's be honest, is another huge game, huge, relatively local derby as well. So do get down there if you can, if you've caught the Newport County bug, if you're at Wrexham, if you're at Man United, or if you're at neither of those games, you know, watch the, the game uh, on BBC One, you thought, I want a piece of that. Get down to Swindon, support them. They need your support more than ever. Um, you can keep up with us over on all of the various social channels, 9012 Excels, Twitter, X, whatever it's called, LinkedIn, uh, through the forum. You can uh, donate through our Ko-Fi account as well. Um, that'll be all the links in the show notes. Um, but until then, all that remains is for me to thank the panel, Ed, Ian and Jack, and uh, I've been Jamie. And uh, yeah, keep it county. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.